This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What? Yo, wait, did he just get banned, like, while I'm recording? Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Nadira Goff, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Oh my god, you're back with us. Can you believe Once again. It? Two, oh, I can't. Two, two shows in a row. Who would It's have a thought? holiday miracle. <laughs> oh my god, it is a holiday miracle, and tis the season. Yes, and as the season continues to give, some good news from my end is that um, I finally made a Christmas music playlist that my mom won't immediately turn off. So, you know, there we go. Wow, that is great news. And more good news, I just want to be sappy for a minute and say thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show enough for ICYMI to end up on your Spotify wraps. Um, I cannot believe you spent so much time with us over the past like year that you, you, what? (laughs) Why? (laughs) It's the best. It's the best. And I really enjoyed watching your Instagram stories where you shared all the people who shared that ICYMI was on their Spotify wrapped. I think my favorite part of Spotify wrapped season is everyone coming into your DMs to be either violently supportive of your choices or violently angry with you. And there is never any in between. There is no in between. There is no in between, which is why I don't post my Spotify wrapped. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to (laughs) hear what people have to say. Like, I know pop punk is going to be at the top and I don't want to hear anything about it. (laughs) You should walk in your truth. You should walk in your truth. And I am alone, as I should be. Thankfully, so far, most people have been happy that ICYMI has been at the top of their list, which like well and truly warms my heart, along with a DM that we got, which had nothing to do with Spotify rap, but did have to do with music. Um, We got a DM from Chloe who wrote, I get that the theme song is supposed to be lighthearted and cute. But also the outro music has a drop that embodies one of the thick, fancy ex-savage dancers dropping it like it's never been dropped before. And I appreciate that. T.Y. Thank you, Chloe. (laughs) The close listening. Yes. The analysis. I know. I was here for Fenty Savage Dancers. Like, Like, the specificity of it. (laughs) I was like, I can see it in my mind. I'm, wow. It's truly, it's perfect. It's also a perfect segue into today's episode, which is, drumroll please, 
a mailbag episode. Unfortunately, Daisy is not on mic to do her incredible blue impression, but pretend she is. Cause I certainly will be. I was stunned. After a short break, Nadir and I will be back to explain what exactly a Kev sexual is, why everyone on Twitter is mad about chili, and we'll also tell you whether or not to invest in doubloons. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back. I think we're just going to get the worst question out of the way. Um, So, and by worst, I mean the one I had the least fun researching. So that question comes from Ruth, who asked, who is Kevin? I feel like a whole conversation just happened on TikTok about this person named Kevin and the female and male gaze. I'm on lesbian TikTok, and now I'm only getting lesbian response videos to the whole thing. So, like, who is Kevin? Ruth? I would really advise you to stay on lesbian TikTok because I'm going to be honest, this entire thing has turned me into misogynist. I am now anti-woman. JK, kind of. Okay. I was like, where are we going with this? (laughs) I, you know how it's like, I, like some women maybe shouldn't have rights. Yes. That's how I feel. Okay, well, maybe we should put this into into context. Where are we going with this, Rachel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we get into this, I have a question for you as resident culture czar. Okay, I'm a little scared, not only because of everything that we just said, but also because <laughs> all you've done so far is compliment me. But, <laughs> yes. I always compliment you, A, but I do use it to lure you into situations that you probably <laughs> wish you weren't in, so you're right to be suspicious. But, the first question I think is actually one that you will answer very well. How would you define the female gaze? Okay, good. I do love this question. So good. a gaze in media or narratives is just the lens that media creators use to write and design their characters and their universes. So the male gaze is both what men want female characters to be like. You can see a lot of this in video games, for instance, mm-hmm. and also what men think women want them to be like. And there's many gazes, and oftentimes they lead to really cringy stereotypes, like the white gaze that jumps out every time a character of color's skin tone is described in relation to food. It's one of my least favorite examples. Hazelnut is really the chocolate goddess. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's bad. Yum. But it's so bad. 
But the female gaze is the feminist reclaiming of a gaze in narratives that puts the feminine inclined audience first. So it results in, you know, heartthrobs like Timothy Chalamet, more lesbian media like the movie Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which everyone should watch. And also one of my favorite more recent examples, which is the love interest in the Netflix teen movie Moxie, played by Nico Haraga. Phenomenal explanation. Just to tack on, like, for example, Blue is Warmest Color is technically a movie about women, but it is not filmed through the female gaze. Right, like, correct. So none of that is important to what we're going to talk about because every <laughs> single person who ever mentions a female gaze on TikTok is disregarding, like, the decades of feminist and film theory that you just expounded on. So just forget every smart thing that Nadira said. So... Some women on TikTok, and when I say some women, I do want to put some in bold. Some, not all, not me, have decided the female gaze personified is some dude named Kevin. This all begins with the confidence challenge. Are you familiar with acting POVs on TikTok? Acting point of views? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so mostly I hate them. They're so gross. And the only person who can do it with any modicum of respect is this TikToker named Sarah Eshadai. She's like 21. She does a whole bunch of acting videos. She is the only one who can do it and not make me want to feel like I should throw my phone across the room. Other than her, everyone else needs to stop. They need to stop. Yes. Sarah's um, corpse husband videos were what... (sighs) Yes, and you to Corpse Husband. And you know I love Corpse Husband. I know you do love Corpse Husband. When when those two powers combine, truly unstoppable. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, no, Sarah's the only one who can act directly to the camera. Everyone else. The thing is, I don't like them, but I also can't stop watching them. Yeah, I don't have that that problem. I scroll real quick. (laughs) I get so creeped out. Oh, same. They're deeply cringe to me. Even though I know a lot of people enjoy them. I'm sorry. I'm a hater. But I cannot get into this thing. So the confidence challenge is an acting POV challenge set to a sped up version of Boyfriend by Justin Bieber. So basically for the beginning of this song, the person who's doing the challenge is like acting like shy and insecure. And then at the point where Justin sings, if I was your boyfriend, the person holds eye contact with the camera and are magically confident to kind of show like the difference in how you might be perceived if you go forth with insecure versus confident energy. How does this make you feel? How are you feeling so far? Like I don't want to be alive. Listen, <laughs> I don't think that I ever thought I would say this, but hashtag justice for Justin. Like his song did not in need this to be economy. <laughs> song did not need to be implicated in these crimes against humanity. I'm sorry. That is so true, which really goes to show how off the rails things got. So a man named Kevin decides to do this challenge. Unfortunately for me, the account Kevin did this for has been banned for reasons I will get to. But fortunately for me, nothing dies on the internet. So here's a video from at Nawal or Noel, who has stitched Kevin's video, which no longer exists. The commentary that Noel's providing is extremely indicative of what the conversation looked like when Kevin first started going viral. So if, if you get it, you get it, right? But the best part of this trend is that a lot of typically and socially attractive 
men are trying to accomplish the same thing by like either duetting it or just doing the trend on their own. And I'm telling you, till now, I don't think anyone is close at getting it just right like Kevin did. I am nonplussed, distraught, <laughs> confused, bamboozled, unwilling to entertain this for any longer. No, just no. Unfortunately, you do have to entertain this for longer because there, there is there is more information coming. At the time that Noel posted this video, which was like around November 21st, again, rough estimate because it's now been deleted, Kevin's original video had 2.7 million likes. I can't tell you how many eventually got because, once again, the account no longer exists. I also can't tell you how many views Noel's video got because it's also been deleted. The amount of deleted content maybe lets you know where things are going. Well, I'm, I'm still scared. I feel like people took the wrong message from Thirst Aid Kit about critically analyzing desire. Desire is a topic worth critical analysis. But... We do not need to be writing dissertations about finding an extremely mid-looking man attractive. Like, what is going on? And for all of you out there who always like to hop into the email, just like, Rachel, you wouldn't talk about a woman's appearance this way. You don't know me. I would. I'm an equal opportunity hater. You can ask my friends. I would. But also, Kevin deserves this at this point. <laughs> can confirm. It's really upsetting to me that in the year of our Lord 2022, we have Greta Gerwig out here making the white female gaze literally her middle name. <laughs> and we have all of Bell Hook's work on the oppositional black female gaze. And somehow, somehow, we still end up with whatever this is. Nadir, you know these people don't know who Bell Hooks is. They think <sighs> that the fact that her name is undercase is a mistake. Like, you know they don't know who she is. I just want to live in a utopia. Why is that so hard? Girls, same. Unfortunately, in this dystopia, this video goes viral. And instead of people just saying Kevin is attracted to them, which I must reiterate is fine. Get your rocks off however you want. They decide that he is attractive to all women because he understands the quote-unquote female gaze. I'm so tired. A typical video applauding Kevin reads, this man has successfully seduced half the women on TikTok. Men are losing their minds and can't understand it. It's absolutely fascinating. He is the female gaze. Watch his eyes and imagine his thoughts. It's the imagined thoughts that do it for women. I watch his eyes and I see <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. That is what I see in Kevin's eyes. It's just so upsetting. It's, it's so upsetting. So I, I wish I had better words to articulate Deeply it. upsetting. There is no other word. And the thing <sighs> is, this is wrong for many reasons that Nadira already articulated about what the female gaze is and that we won't get any further into because this is not a feminist theory podcast, so it does underlie a lot of our points. But for the love of God, stop trying to deploy concepts and frameworks that have been built on years of scholarship that you haven't fucking read. <laughs> Anyway, back to Kevin. The hashtag KevSexual becomes a thing. There's a Discord server 
called Kevsexuals that I think was started by Kevin himself, which is just a cringe <laughs> move overall. Honestly, at this point, I start to lose faith in humanity. And luckily, I'm not alone. Because there's a whole contingent of haters, just like me and Nadira, who unite to tell the yes. Kevsexuals that they're simping for a man whose hairline is trying to make a break for it. Here's my favorite one from at Kinlations. That primal scream is so relatable. And as someone who is attracted to mid-looking people all the time. Me and you both. I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. Like, that is us. We won't. (laughs) We won't give up. We are God's strongest soldiers. We know. I don't understand why we have to moonlight this as being a universal thing. Like, a large point of the female gaze existing is that it kind of proves that there's no one monolith in what women find attractive. And this video literally makes me feel like that meme of Sydney Sweeney in the Euphoria season two where she's trapped and crying in the bathtub, and I don't want to feel like that. I am not her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The video is the pea-soaked rag thrown on her face. Yes, no, I understand what you're saying. There are more verbose critiques of this than Kinlations, but honestly, who needs them? Because that primal scream summed it up. I'm kind of joking because we're going to give you some more (laughs) critiques. Here's Jarvis Johnson in his video appropriately titled, The Female Gaze Guy Sucks. One of the reasons that he sucks is that apparently Kevin has been um, commenting on the physical appearance of some of his not fans. I don't understand why he's so thin-skinned that he's assuming that people are, you know, coming at him when they're just commenting on a clearly viral moment. It's like you want this to happen. You are reaping all the benefits. You're doing a thousand videos of you fucking, I fucking the fucking camera. And then you get upset when people like have discourse around it, whether or not they're into it or not, I don't understand. And maybe maybe he's not getting upset, but making jokes about how this black woman has big lips or how this other black woman, oh, weird coincidence, her nose looks like a shotgun barrel. Like, fuck off, actually. So, Rachel, how does this end? Because I, I really, I desperately need it to end. Girl, you and me both. So Kevin gets milkshake ducked for having extremely easily discoverable videos of more acting challenges. It's not because they're acting challenges. It's because he pantomimes abuse against women multiple Mm. times, including abusing a hypothetical pregnant girlfriend, killing another hypothetical girlfriend for wanting to spend time with him, and some other shit that I don't really want to get into. His account is banned, presumably because people started mass reporting those videos for encouraging violence against women. He now has another account that he's trying to get people to follow. Oh my God. And this brings me to my final point, perhaps the most important one. Acting challenges on TikTok should be abolished. I think that they're the underlying cause of everything that just happened. You know, I'm not, I'm (laughs) not going to disagree. I'm not going to (laughs) disagree. All right. Next question. (laughs) The next question comes from Jeff, who very understandably, writes, why are people so mad that somebody made chili for their neighbors? Oh, God, this man. I, You know what? This is yet another example of people taking like academic and or radical theoretical frameworks and applying them inappropriately. And I wish people would stop. Like, if you don't understand them, that's fine. I also don't. That is the thing. I am right. not speaking 
as someone looking down on you. I am speaking as someone who also gets confused when I read Marx. But we don't have to do this. We can just sit down and eat our chili. (laughs) We really just, we didn't have to do this, any of this. And it becomes quite a lot. So this begins with a Twitter user by the name of ChinchillaZilla. And on November 7th, they tweet... Several guys moved in next door. Students, I guess. And I've gotten two confused DoorDash drivers for them in the last week, and their trash can was completely overflowing with pizza boxes. I don't think they cook. I'm feeling such a strange motherly urge to feed these boys. They're incredibly quiet, which is a real surprise. I don't know if they're renting or what, but I would like them to stick around. Maybe I'll make a big pot of chili this weekend when it gets cooler. My only complaint is they already have Christmas lights up, but nobody's perfect. Actually, you know what? This is the most important question. When do you put your Christmas lights up? Literally the day after Thanksgiving, every year on that Friday morning, I turn my Christmas playlist on and I get to work. Okay, same. I I hate overhead lighting with a passion. I Mm. love diffuse light. So Mm -hmm. any opportunity to have that going on, I will take. I will say that I am contradicting myself because I don't have any decorations up right now at this time, even though it's pretty much universally accepted that this is a time to have them up. But I support it. I support any and all Christmas lights. Yeah, I just moved into a new apartment, so I don't even own any Christmas decorations, but this isn't about me and how I failed humanity. This is about <laughs> Chili. Not the member of the best girl group of all time, TLC, but like oh the, my God. the food. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, the food. Keep going. <laughs> right. So this user decides to make some chili for these boys, as they promised, and posts the picture of the process of cooking it. This reads to me as very sweet. I grew up between the Midwest and the South. And I'm also Black, in case some of y'all have missed that. I don't know how. (laughs) AKA, making food for neighbors is just kind of, like, breathing, really, for me at this point. Every year, my mom makes cheesecake for the neighbors around Christmas, even the neighbors we don't really talk to. I She, like, that's just the way it works. That's just the way the world works. (laughs) I want, I want some cheesecake. Listen. <laughs> Listen. As, ask Raquel. <laughs> she got you. <laughs> Raquel, come through. <laughs> well, okay. Clearly, as a Taurus, <laughs> someone making food for me is step one. Marrying me is step two. But yes, Listen. this is overwhelmingly a positive, rational, and kind thing, as long as, you know, of course, everyone's level of COVID consciousness and all that is being considered. No, exactly. Like, when my roommate and I threw a party, we gave our neighbors under us some champagne as an apology for the anticipated noise. Like, this is just what I consider being a neighbor. But for some unknown reason, every antisocial freak on Twitter who thinks being an introvert counts as an oppressed identity decided to get together like a fucking transformer and drag the absolute fuck out of this woman. (sighs) We're going to need to read a sampling of some of these response tweets. Would you like to help me dramatically read them? Okay, be honest. Is this the real reason why you asked me to be here? Of course. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I know you love drama. (laughs) I do. First tweet. Seems presumptuous, intrusive, and noisy to have this be your first interaction. Maybe introduce yourself and learn their names before imagining a fake scenario based on DoorDash drivers and looking in their trash. Then the gesture would seem nicer and less judgmental. Imagine just minding your business and some neighbor starts to cook an entire meal for you out of sheer pity. Time to reflect on some life choices. Don't. It 
It's a nice gesture, but it's simply coddling men who have clearly already been coddled too much. I know plenty of man children who were coddled by their moms and now their girlfriend slash wife continues to do so because they are helpless with similar tasks, cooking, cleaning, etc. Yeah, it seemed like that last person had some other things they really need to figure out. Listen, I am against coddling men, but my but God. Truly seems like they were applying other things onto that whole situation. And that is not the end of it. Like at one point, someone says that it's ableist to cook your neighbor's chili in a thread that is truly too long to read. Chili neighbor such trending. The discourse literally goes on for days. I got to say, there is something offensive about the chili for me, which is that she put squash in it. Like, what? Yeah, but like, I don't do I that. Say that but I a, support her yeah, choices, I, though. I mean, yeah, sure, I'm a hater. <laughs> Again, specifically a hater of squash. But like, do what you want. It's a nice gesture. That's, the, that's besides the point. Jeff asked why people got mad. I have a personal theory that is like a bunch of different theories wrapped in one. A, people need to go outside and touch grass. I know it's dead right now. Touch it anyway. B, a general decline in community relations due to the pandemic. See an increasing tendency to use like radical language that is meant to like make you a nicer person in the world, but instead using it to be deeply individualistic. And lastly, D, Elon Musk. What does apartheid Clyde have to do with this? I don't know, but I'm blaming it on him. It's his fault. This happened when he owned Twitter. It's his fault. Fair enough. <laughs> it's now time for a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about inflation in the doubloon economy, because I don't understand inflation in the real one. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well... It was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. 
Hi y'all, if you love our podcast, and please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on Slate Podcasts, including your favorite one, ICYMI. You also be supporting the show, in case you missed it would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. You will also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Mom and Dad are Fighting, The Waves, and Big Moo Little Mood. You will also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article in a advice column on Slate without ever hitting the paywall. Just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That is slate.com slash ICYMI plus. And we're back. Our next question comes from Emma who asks, are you on Maestra and Senador talk? I'm not Emma. I have no idea what this is. Nadira? This is definitely one trend I 100% missed. Great, great, same. So I did a little research. I went to the old Google machine. Apologies in advance for my extremely American accent pronouncing this. I'm just, I don't have a mind or a mouth for languages. So Maestro Encinador, which translates to master teacher from Portuguese, is this like little white puppet with a green hat. And it's created by a TikTok account that is Maestro Encinador 1. I don't really know how else to describe this puppet, other than it looks like a tiny little wizard with a pointy hat and it kind of twirls around. Like I know there are strings attached to it, but you can't see them in most of the videos. So it literally just looks like it's just like having the time of his life, like spinning in the wind. Fun. I mean, same. Love it. Right. Exactly. The account has over half a million followers and the hashtag Mistress Senadora has 85.2 million views. Okay. So just to be clear, this is a TikTok devoted to a, what we can presume, potentially Portuguese puppet. Yes. In fact, I think it might be Brazilian, but mostly, yes. It's ah, just okay. an, an account devoted to a puppet. The real trend, though, is is about the puppet, but not quite. In that, for some unknown reason, a lot of people on TikTok have decided that this puppet is them as a child. So, if you look at... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if you look at the comments on any of these videos, it's just a litany of people saying, I remember doing this as a baby, or me when I was a baby, or this was my favorite song when I was a baby. And there's also videos like this from Et Finbar Mac showing it to his father. Dad, do you remember this? What is it? It's you, when you were little. Oh my God, I do remember that. Okay, I've... I've got so many questions, <laughs> and I know I'm going to be utterly dissatisfied by the answer to every single one of them, but I'm going to ask one big one anyway, which is, why? That's a good question. Um, you are going to be dissatisfied by the answer, but you know when there are just like bits that spread across social media platforms and we all kind of just decide to indulge in a collective delusion? Yeah, that's that's fair enough. And I feel like TikTok has become a very surreal, deluded place nowadays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's giving Gontrov in a way, but less <laughs> less um, less lore, less homoerotic subtext. Uh, that's, Are we that's, sure? Honestly, Are we no. Sure honestly, okay. no. That's a good question. No, I'm not sure. There <laughs> might be homoerotic subtext in the Maestrans and Adore TikTok universe. All I'm right. sorry to exclude. <laughs> 
But that's that's truly it. It's just like sometimes in TikTok comments, everyone starts saying the same thing for reasons that none of us will ever really understand. And it becomes like a little bit annoying. But also you're like, well, it's not really harming anybody, I guess. Right, right. That's this. Okay. Which kind of brings us to our last question from Leanna, who shared a tweet that reads... My daughter informs me that over the past two days, kids on TikTok have made a completely player-generated, decentralized game where people buy things with doubloons. Liana then asked, Hello! This popped up in my feed, and I hadn't heard anything about us since I'm an elder millennial who sees TikToks on Instagram. Is this true? Do you know anyone who's playing? Are doubloons a new cryptocurrency? I'm very intrigued by this. Thank you. Nadir, are you into crypto? I mean, absolutely not. But I am <laughs> into those chocolate gold coins that I like to call yes. doubloons. And I'm they are also, I'm also into SpongeBob, which is very doubloon core chic. It is. It is. That, the thing is, SpongeBob has been in my head since I started researching this. And I didn't know why. But that's why. That's wow. why. That's why I bring you on the show. <laughs> yes, well, all of my SpongeBob <laughs> knowledge, is, it's vast. I mean, look, they're selling chocolate, okay? <laughs> chocolate. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell me about doubloons. Okay, yeah, so we're going to dive into a new imaginary currency just like crypto. No one say anything about how it's real. <laughs> so just like crypto, basically the only rule of doubloons is that you have to pretend that it's real. It's once again a collective delusion. So according to internet lore, written in the great tome known as Know Your Meme. The blooms began, like all good memes do, with the cat. <laughs> so Know Your Meme traces the possible origin points back to 2021 when a cat meme account on Instagram by the handle of cats.jpg posted a photo of a cat's paw with like the toes spread out and the caption reads for the blooms, like one for every toe. Right, okay. You know, cat memes are dangerous. I liked one on Twitter, and now oh. my entire feed is just... Yes. It's just cat memes. I send know? one cat TikTok to my roommate, and suddenly all I get are cat TikToks, and I watch every single one. Every single one. Terrifying. Well, <laughs> at least this one started popping off on TikTok around November. Here's a video from at Doubloons Talk. Hello, traveler. You have a long journey ahead of you, yes. Take three free doubloons for your troubles. Safe travels, friend. We'll meet again. So basically, it seems like the game is that you wait until this video or another video like this one comes across your FYP. I'm 95% sure that it's cheating to go searching for doubloons content to up your doubloons counter. But also... Importantly, I'm almost 27 and rapidly aging out of relevancy, so apologies if I don't exactly get the nuances of this. But here's another video of a doubloons video. Traveller, thank God I found you. Have you heard? Well, then I better tell you. There has been a gang, and they are going all over town, stealing everyone's doubloons. It's truly tragic, but let's not waste time here. Come, to my shop we must go. Thank God nothing happened. Say, while we're here, want to look around. And, since it's your first time in the shops, take this. 
Well, you best be on your way now. See you soon, traveler. I've noticed they also all tend to begin with the hello traveler thing, which is giving me like Dungeons and Dragons. It's giving Yeah, like, I was about to say you know, this War is this Warcraft. is definitely very like D&D inspired. So basically, you collect doubloons as you go through your usual scrolling activity. Anyone can make a video that gifts doubloons or you can also buy things with doubloons, you know, like a bowl of stew or a satchel or whatever. And there are videos where someone could steal all of your doubloons, so you have to start all over. You can buy items like a guard dog, so your doubloons won't get stolen. It's a whole economy, basically, predicated on just the honor system. And it's up to you to keep track of how many doubloons you have and what items you've bought with them. So, like, I could theoretically just say that I have a thousand doubloons right now. And no one could say anything about it. You could, but that kind of ruins the fun, right? And also, that kind of did happen in that people made videos gifting thousands of doubloons and it apparently caused inflation in the doubloons economy. Not inflation hitting the doubloons economy. I mean, God, speaking of inflation, I spent $17 on a bag of grapes the other day. I That might have just been the store I was in in New York or inflation, or both, but I I rang up at the counter and I started crying a little bit. Listen, I'm sure it was both, because it's really rough out here. (laughs) It's so bad! But you know what else makes me want to cry in public? This new TikTok voice changer, AI, voice reader, voice, Mm -hmm. it's creepy. I want the Siri-sounding girl back. Please bring her back. (laughs) Anyway, back to doubloons. The hashtag on TikTok currently has one billion views and everyone's getting in on it, including the Toys R Us Canada account and also Ikea and also the Sacramento History Museum. I have another theory, which is that now that the brands are in on it, that the doubloon economy will properly crash. Like we're, we're in for doubloon depression. I mean, it must be coming. But you know what else this reminds me of? What? The game. Fuck you, Nadira! (laughs) Sorry, I had to do it. All right, that is the show. Be back in your feed on Saturday. Please subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode or, you know, a dissertation on the female gaze. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your doubloon hoarders about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYM underscore pod, which is also we can DM us your questions like, why is everyone mad about chili and you can always drop us a note at icymindslate.com icymi is produced by daniel schrader and rachel hampton daisy rosario is our senior supervising producer and alicia montgomery is slate's vp of audio see you online or in a gender studies class Dabloon. <laughs> That's how I imagine the word should be said. Dabloon. No, there's a lot of O's. <laughs> okay, sorry. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.